welcome everybody to the Liron Glickman show, the show that touches the human component in business and marketing. And for this Women's Month special, I'm so excited to have Amy Margolis and Sherry Weinbach. How are you, ladies? Hi, I'm excited to be here. Hello. Very excited to talk to this group. Same as me and same as those who joined us. So I just want everybody here to know that these women's um, work work and worked in the biggest companies in the world and their work actually has been impacting companies people and us included and that's why i'm so excited to have this chance to pick their brain if i can say and learn from senior sales wonder women as i call them um, so today you the audience you i want you to ask questions you have the the chat you have the question tabs uh, feel free to ask them questions um, and before we dive in, just a few thanks and, and introductions. So this interview is held together with Women in Business Community, which is a community that ensure women in the field of marketing and business development have a safe community to network and to share information. Thanks so much to Anna Fikenstein, Kilachechik, Noam Shaked, and Ellen Golders. Thanks so much to Adam Kaplan, the Managing Director of Cellular Attitude and the author of the Anti-Sales Manifesto book that supports this event. We need one man at least, right? And I'm Liron Glickman, a global business development consultant. I work with startups. I'm doing global speaking. And this is one of the most amazing things I get to do, which is interview amazing and inspiring women. Um, and yeah, that's for, for the introduction. So ladies, again, how are you? How's New York today? Tell us a bit about what we're missing there. It's actually a sunny day today. So we've been, I think, a little up and down, uh, but feels like we're hitting spring finally, so. And I think we're both excited to be like sitting with each other because it's still like, you know, I don't know if it'll ever be like everyone's back in the office, but um, we are two people who don't like sitting in isolation as we have been. So we're just like bouncing off of each other's energy too. And, and I think it's actually really nice that the two of you have joined together, you know, in such interviews, we usually used to see people in those different boxes and Zoom, but the fact that you're together is actually nice. And if I may say, you actually know each other, you're good friends with each other. So that's even- We're holding hands across. under the table here. So. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not gonna be scary. Awesome. So, um, you know, today we're going to talk about a few topics. We're going to talk about business, about life, about the combination of working hard and playing hard, which is something you both know very well. And I would love to learn from you how to work hard and play hard, but also about life and life challenges. And you will both share some of it. Um, let me introduce you quite a, just a bit and then first uh, over to you. So Amy is uh, the global head uh, of business, um, manages the aspect of YouTube Brand Connect Revenue Generation and Business Operation, which is actually YouTube's in-house branded content platform offering 100% creator-driven branded content at scale and leverage, leveraging the best Google insights and measurement to drive revolutionary results. You have joined Google in 2018, you, sorry, 2011, you've held a lot of different um, roles that helped actually Google evolve and touched every each and every one of us. Uh, you've worked with amazing companies like Warner, Electra, Atlantic, Media Sales at both American Express, Publishing and Times, Turner, Turner Broadcasting, the Walt Disney Company, oh my God, you live in New Jersey. That's that's insane. You live in New Jersey and Amy, again, loves building new businesses and developing high-performing teams while helping some of the world's largest brands win in video. And I can't wait 
to hear more from you. But since we have Sherry, I'll share a bit about Sherry so everybody will know more. So Sherry um, is a large enterprise account executive at Slack, which we all know and love. She's responsible of some of the company's largest customers and opportunities. She joins the organization with a proven track record of executing the full sales cycles from lead to close. Her expertise, which you'll see in a minute, is forming external relationships with senior levels and leaders and decision makers um, externally and simultaneously cultivating the best in-class cross-functional teams internally. She worked also for amazing companies as LinkedIn, career builder, advocated for clients like New York Life, Bad Bath & Beyond, Kimberly Clark. She lives in Brooklyn. She's passionate about anchoring in her clients' business to align solutions and creating a fun and inclusive environment for her teammates, colleagues, and customers to thrive in. That was me. Now over to you, ladies. I would like to know a bit more about you and specifically what attracted each of you um, to the corporate sales world. Um, you want me to, yeah, to kick, kick it, it off? Um, you know, it's really interesting. I don't know if it's still true, but like a really, really small number of uh, universities actually have sales as a field of study. Um, and of course, that's interesting because sales is responsible for the revenue generation for organizations, obviously an important role. So I think when I was done with school and, you know, thinking about what to do, there's really like two things. The first is, I mean, this is like over 20 years ago when people used to go to the office every day from like at least nine to five. And I was just like, how do I not have to sit in the same space every day, all day? How can I like travel and run around and do things and still make money? Right. And so yeah. that's, one thing. And then the other thing is maybe, you know, it's obviously in our personalities as sales professionals, but also I think, you know, all through high school and college, I was a waitress and a server. And right there, like the harder you work, the more money you make, right? And so that always made sense to me. And sales is like a natural progression of that. Like the stronger your output, the more effort you put out there, the more you get back in. And so I, you know, for the way that I hustle, I want it to be tied to the money that I make as well. So I would say those are my main two attractions to the corporate world. Awesome. Um, I would say for me, it, um, you know, kind of started with how I grew up. I grew up, my father was an entrepreneur, started um, several businesses and my mother really instilled the, um, you know, the importance of financial independence in me. And, you know, I think also combined like what Sherry was saying, the type of people we are, I my you know, my personality is very driven. I think I've always had that hustle, you know, energy about me. I even think back to when I was little and, you know, starting small businesses within my neighborhood, you know, selling my flowers from my yard to my neighbor next door, whatever it was, it was always that hustle mentality. Um, so I think all of those things, like my upbringing and, and just my drive and passion for what I do, um, really attracted me to the corporate world. I, um, you know, I saw a lot of opportunity there and, you know, wanted to be, wanted to be a part of these big names that are part of our everyday you know, everyday lives. Yeah, I guess also yeah. like connection. I think like my parents always show us these pictures from when we were little, like 
my sister's with like pets and she still is like helping, you know, people to this day. And mine is yeah. like, I'm, I'm on the phone. Like I want to be like connected to people and talking to people and moving around. And so like, this is a great um, like vehicle for that really. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I, I do believe, I think as, as one that, you know, salespeople are, there is a certain personality. And I think, you know, if I look at the two of you, it just, it, it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm right in a way, you know, there's kind of hustle personality, like people loving personality that can, can sale actually. That's so, us. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now all like, you know, there is, there is, um, I would, I think it's even a myth, but when I look at Israeli um, startup scene, and uh, you know, there is also a lot of drive here, a lot of companies that that are no names, and they want to to address the, the, the U.S. market. The U.S. market is the holy grail for us. Um, and you know, the main problem for startups is that the fact that there are no names, so they're trying, you know, to one by one win some contracts with U.S. Uh, obviously, Fortune 500 would be our main goal, but with different U.S. companies, corporations, um, and there is always this feeling that since you don't have the network, you're not American, you have a weird Israeli name like Liron or something, um, you're being perceived differently and it's harder for you to sell when you're not as established and when you're not a big company. Um, and I want to ask, is that true or is it just to me that it's easier to sell? Because it seems like it's easier to sell when you're the Slacks, the YouTubes, the LinkedIn of the world. And I would like to, to get your take on that. Um, it's, it's interesting because we were like thinking about these questions together and you'll see like I'll answer like it's it's like two two parts because the first part is it is more difficult when you're in a less known or a not known company it's more difficult to like get the phone call to get in the room like I can talk about that a little bit but the second part part once you're there which Amy I think you'll talk about is like it's actually more difficult because of the expectations so I started working at LinkedIn in 2015 so by that point I had already been working for um, a couple of other organizations I mean I've been working for like 15 years and you're right like I when I got to LinkedIn I felt like I had worked my butt off for 15 years to earn the privilege of using that name because when you call somewhere and say like you're calling from LinkedIn like they take the call However, what I do with that call once I'm in the room is all the stuff that I learned for the first 15 years when I didn't work at LinkedIn, right? Like mm -hmm. there's so much, and we can like, if anybody has questions or wants to talk about it in more detail, but I feel like that's really where I cut my teeth. That's where I learn. That's like where the grit comes from. And that's where, um, you know, I was at Career Builder for like seven years, which is maybe lesser known in Israel, but was like a pretty prominent company here. Um, yeah. But I think like when I started at Career Builder, it wasn't as known. And before that, I worked at a custom publication for plus-sized women that was only sold in like four local stores. But I got national advertisers like Unilever um, in there. And that's like purely by like hustle and by knowing the customer even better than you know your own brand. So we can like go on a whole tangent about that. But I would say that like, yeah, the privilege of calling from a known place mm -hmm. makes it easier to get the call. And again, but Amy can talk about like, the thing is like, once you do walk into a meeting from like LinkedIn or Slack or Google, yeah. it's harder, I think. You still need to walk the walk in a way or work. Yeah, yeah, I can speak to it from a little bit of a different side. I mean, every 
company, you know, since I was, you know, working in my town growing up or whatever, my, my main corporate, you know, career has always been with bigger name companies. So there are teams that I've worked on that were, you know, I always look for like a startup within a big company. Um, so sometimes those calls are a little bit more challenging, right? You have the name behind you, but you're still, it's still new business. Um, so I did a lot of that when, you know, I was first coming up and, you know, like Sherry said, I think, you know, having a big name behind you, yes, you're going to get the phone call. You already probably have the contacts because they're working with you in some, um, they're working with you in some capacity. Mm -hmm. However, I do think when you walk in that door or you pick up that phone, there's a lot more work that needs to be done and a lot more expectation coming Mm -hmm. from that game. So they're not expecting, you know, just a name to call. And um, I think, you know, there's a lot more that goes into um, what you're bringing them, what you're offering them. And that's where I think, you know, some of that, um, you know, some of that more hustles, um, you know, expected and and more of that preparation and and caliber, because really you are the face of the company. Yeah. So that, you know, that puts a lot. You are LinkedIn or sorry, or you are Walt Disney or Google. That's correct. You are, you are representing your company. Yeah. So what would you think? What would you prefer? Would you prefer to be the big company? And again, that's a lot of your experience or the small, the smaller company that uh, the underdog. Well, listen, (laughs) sorry. I, (laughs) I was going to say, I think both are fun. Like having the big name behind you is, is great. You know that, but you still have to, it's still all about relationship making, right? It doesn't matter what, whether you're from the big company or from the small company, it's about making that connection with that person and what value you're bringing to them and, and that exchange, right? Like that's, that's what it's all about. So I don't, I don't necessarily think the name is as much as your approach and, and how you build that relationship. And I, I think there's actually benefits to both. Like, and first of all, like I just joined Slack um, less than seven months ago. And even though Slack is like an awesome technology that a lot of people know, it doesn't mean that people are, you know, like we love it personally. Like my, I'm on a Slack moms group with the schools, but that doesn't mean that organizations want to spend $20 million with me just because I'm calling from Slack, right? So a couple of things like, and also at Slack, um, I'm just doing new business, which is a departure and a lot more challenging than when I was at LinkedIn, when I was like managing and growing relationships. And so- Um, I feel like, you know, at Slack, in some ways, I'm like resharpening those skills from before of like, how do you get the attention of people? How do you get in front of them? How do you get them to open your email or your LinkedIn Mm -hmm. message? Um, And, you know, if any, like, I saw some questions, like we could talk about that. Um, But I also think like, yeah, everybody wants the Fortune 500 companies as clients, but don't forget that like, Fortune 500 companies, you know, it, it t- can take you three years to get to the CEO. Whereas like, if you're dealing with a 40 person company and you have like the right solution, you can get to the CEO the next day. You can make a million dollar deal sometimes like a lot faster. So it's just about like wherever you are, like capitalizing on what the opportunity is there because there's aw- awesome aspects to like anywhere that you are. New business, growing business, small company, big company, like it's fun. It's all opportunity. Yeah. 
And I think what you just said um, about the, the big company or the small company and the time frame that it can take, that's a very important note because, um, again, as, as far as I see it, you know, um, as coming from Israel, even though we are the startup nation and we have a lot of, uh, or I don't know if a lot of, but we have, we have our prestige around the world, still everybody wants to nail this big name, you know, in their belt. So um, it's not only the big names. Now, following to what you just said, um, you know, it, no matter if you're you're big or small company, eventually, as you said on the on our pre preliminary call as well, you need to earn the right to be in the room. And I want to kind of drill down into more specific specific examples, if you don't mind, about maybe names or even sentences that are unique to you um, that enable you to build that bond or credibility with prospects and make the sales progress or you know some or specifically again in the online communication world so if you can get some of your tips and tactics to doing so yeah certainly um i'm happy to happy to take this one first so mm -hmm. i think you know one of the big things that i do like like i said before i mean there's definitely things to consider right like there's there's you know we all we work with global markets mm -hmm. and there's different cultural language um barriers customs that are different right so understanding yeah. some of those things and you know sherry and i were actually talking about this one before and really for example through, i like, should be saying like what we were saying just my sorry like my um I think Israelis are less likely to like maybe start a call with like all of the small talk. So Amy like works across globes, right? Is yeah. that what you were? Yeah. So I think like just starting the 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 call with you know like a how are you, right? Just trying yeah. to get like not jumping right into business. Really, it's 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 all about empathy and forming that bond. Mm -hmm. um, and you know I think that's even more challenging and more noticeable in today's environment where everything is on video. We're not seeing people in person anymore. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a different environment to build that connection, but it's still the same thing, right? Like we're all dealing with humans and yeah. it's really, it's really getting, getting to know each other on that more personal level, finding what connections you have with that person. Yeah. And that, emph that empathetic bond is so critical. And um, yeah, I would say just like starting off the call with like a, how are you? right or remembering something about that person's life or like how was that how was that weekend concert you said you were going to um mm -hmm. it, it, those are like the ways to be able to form those connections in today's yeah. world um and sherry uh sorry i'll just answer and mention because you said about israelis and and obviously you you have some israeli connections so you know you you know i know that you know a lot about israelis but yeah if you could no, yeah, I, I was actually going to say, though, I think like if we're talking about the step before you get on the call of like, yeah. you know, earning the right and having like a human connection and understanding the cultural nuances is, is important. But if we're thinking about like, how do we even get the call? I really think from the first day, um, like I've started working, it's like, again, whichever company you represent, when you're mm -hmm. trying to get in front of somebody else, it has to be about them. So I'll give you like a quick little story. When I worked at Career Builder, which really was yeah. like an amazing, like the best salespeople I know to today, like kind of a lot of them came from there. Um, I had a company called Avon, like you guys probably know, like the Avon ladies, you know, like that sell makeup and stuff. But they're, you know, they are maybe like a 20,000 person company, but they have over a million like independent Avon ladies, right? Mm -hmm. So all the people before me had always called and been like, hey, we want to talk to you about like your business, about your corporate. 
Yeah. What I did, I became an Avon lady. So I found like a local Avon sales leader in New York. I started going to her meetings all the time. I started listening to the little Avon ladies with their amazing stories of like putting their kids through college. I mean, this yeah. like, so by the time I started like reaching out to executives at Avon, first of all, I, that's like earning the right. Like I spent time in the field, understanding the business. As I was at these meetings, like executives from Avon were like, hey ladies, we're selling this like new product or that new product. So I got to meet executives. So then when I started reaching out to like sales and marketing, I was like, hey, I'm an Avon lady. I also work at this company and I know how to help your business. I think that's Sherry touches on a really important thing there mm -hmm. and that's credibility, right? Mm -hmm. You have credibility, you're being honest with your clients, you're bringing them stuff that's actually gonna help their business and not just trying to fit something in that's not gonna fit. Yeah. It's that's definitely, so you definitely have to, important, right, credibility. Like you have to do your homework and you have to be rooted in whoever you're talking to. And especially if you're in a startup with a really small like sales force, you know, you might have like a hundred or 200 clients and it's really hard to do like that kind of due diligence. Yeah. So you gotta like prioritize your accounts. You have to figure out like who gets the most of your attention, who gets the least. But for those like big bets or whatever you wanna call them, like yeah. the work has to be done of like really understanding them and getting to them with a critical message about their business, wherever you are calling from. That's like the key that opens the doors. Yeah. So as, as Amy said, to, to build this credibility and Sherry, as you said, that you actually went, you were in their shoes. So it was kind of easier to build this credibility. Now we have a lot of questions here on, on this topic, so I will address them later. I'll just, I'll just add to uh, what Evelyn asked. She asked um, uh, Amy, so when you say this, how are you? How do you make sure this is authentic and not just another, you know, tick in the box? Yeah, and it, it is yeah. probably not just necessarily like, how are you? You know, um, I think it's, you know, understanding like where they're calling from. Is this some of the things I said before, like remembering things about that person? What did they do? What did they say they were doing this weekend or asking them, Hey, what are you doing this upcoming weekend? And, you know, I think, I think there is about finding those connections and that's how you make it a little bit more authentic. It's, it's easier now, right? Like if you're talking to someone for the first time, you can see yeah. like where they've worked. You can see if they've written an article, if they've like, you know, you find something, but I do think like culturally, that's a big, we know a lot of like Israelis that are in New York and yeah. as like brilliant as you all are. Um, I think that there is like a cultural shift of like, you know, the water cooler of like this, like BSing of like, yeah. How was your weekend? Like, did you watch the Super Bowl? Like that is considered, I think for some people maybe on this call, like wasted time, but I've paid attention. Like most of my Zooms with internal and external clients, they're 30 minutes. And the first nine or 10 is like not on business, even if it's an initial call, whether we're talking about like, you know, you feel it out. I mean, it could be like the serious political climate. It could be your kids in the background, but like something mm -hmm. is, you know, there has to be something personal if you're reaching out, I feel like to American business people to get them to like yeah. chit chat with you. 
I even have to tell you, so I'm not a big sports fan, but I, I, for three years, I used to work in the sports innovation industry. And by knowing a bit more about what's happening in the sports world, I felt like I'm, you know, getting an access into the boys club, or I'm able to talk with a lot of people, let alone American, um, in more, you know, just create this bond way better because I had some idea about sports. So that's, that's a great example of, you know, as, as you mentioned, Sherry. And um, Sherry, you, you said that you just, like in the last few months, uh, you moved to Slack after working for LinkedIn for many years. And um, which, as, as you just earlier said, it it's naturally presents new challenges, new opportunities, and some new skills that you can now use and leverage. Um, and Slack, of course, is the platform that connects every aspect of the enterprise. So it considers as a complicated sale. You need to buy in a lot of people to get this through. So my question to you, which is actually a question that was raised a lot in the women in business community, um, is how do you start from scratch? I mean, meaning like, how do you learn about your organization? And you mentioned that a bit, but what actually you're looking for? How do you detect decision makers? Um, how can you know the value to give them? So these are a lot of questions, but if you can possibly give like a, some yeah, answers so, to that. Yeah. No, no, I'm happy to answer that because I do think it's much different coming yeah. into like my role where companies don't already do business with us. I'm reaching out to people who have maybe not talked to us before, have declined to speak to us before. Um, and you're right, like to get a company to spend yeah. millions of dollars on a software that they didn't even like know they needed, it's complicated, there's a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. So I'll, I think like a few things, like number one, this is like for me, there's so much to learn when you're new at an organization, but I, I need to move and learn at the same time, right? So like Slack is giving me like all of the tools and the training on like how the technology works and like, right? But I can't forget that I've been doing this for 20 years and I know how to sell and stuff. So like as I'm learning and doing the internal trainings, like I'm starting to build account plans. Now, if you work at a big company like a LinkedIn or a Salesforce, there might be like a template of an account plan plan, but you probably like did this too, like earlier in my career and still I will build myself one, right? I used to have it in like thick binders with like actual paper, but you go, I mean, everything is available to you right now. So like I said, you look at these companies, you know, that are it, whether like the whole world is your territory or you've been assigned a certain territory, um, you, you prioritize them. Who has like the most employees or the problem that your organization can solve the best? Like, you know, mm -hmm. look at the top 10 of those. And then for those, listen to their earnings call, like find, you know, identify like the top 10 executives there, mm -hmm. Google alerts, list. I mean, we have everything at our fingertips right now. We yeah. can we can read their thoughts on things. We can see who they follow on LinkedIn, like become experts in their business, in them. And then when you when you reach out to them, you have something to say. And I know I'm like beating a dead horse here, but you have to be talking about them when you call them. Like nobody wants me to call them and talk about like Slack. And, you know, I have to earn that by doing a Slack demo, which they're only going to let me do if I know what's going on in their business, the challenges they have. And so like, I really think you got to like put your head down, you got to hustle and you have to make yourself like a strategic account plan that puts out who you need to meet, the, you know, the time frame, and then match like their executive drivers that they put out publicly to what your company can do. And when you know all that, you'll be like bursting to get moving. And then like people, that's authentic. And then people will answer your emails and your phone calls and your LinkedIn messages. 
so Amy is in the position today that she's managing teams. Um, and you actually, you are a startup within Google. So you have teams of sellers and con content executors. And so you also need to sell your division internally uh, and in, in a way and to get the support you need. So what are your main steps to managing relationships within Google and get the support you need to scale your own division? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, that is very helpful. And yes, I yeah. definitely speak to that. I mean, I, I've been at Google for over 10 years. So I yeah. think, you know, a lot of that, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of these people since, you yeah. know, 2011, no, oh. like the same group, you know, since 2011. Yeah. And then we've all like moved to different parts of the organization and, and have taken different roles within this 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, and I think as, as you know, your networks grow and move, mm -hmm. it grows your overall network. So yeah. it, it helps, you know, knowing a lot of people across the organization and in different areas. And in addition to that, I think it's, you know, it's always a best practice. Sherry really touched on this, but how can you help them? So, Typically, if I'm reaching out to someone um, that I, I want help with, I want to think about, is there, is it mutually beneficial? Like, how can, how might I be able to help them in some way when I'm asking for something too? Um, and it's also really important to, to listen, you know, to really listen and understand what are they trying to do? Mm -hmm. um, you know, to see, to really understand. And I think this goes to a lot of what Charity was talking about too, about, um, you know, how you sell in things to your clients, you're doing the same thing internally, right? And it's, yeah. it's thinking of, it's really listening, understanding them as your internal client. Yeah. And how can you best integrate into what they're doing? What is their goal? What is their vision? And how can you help support that? Because yeah. at the end of the day, um, you know, if, you, if you're not fitting in, or you're trying to, you know, you know, fit in something that doesn't make sense, yeah. it's, it's not going to work. So you really want to be very thoughtful about the business, thoughtful about what their team is trying to do, and then go to them with the appropriate ask. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's raising awareness um, across teams. Mm. And that's, you know, and that continues to scale uh, the team. So basically, it's really kind of same, same, but different, as they say in Thailand. I mean, it's really about, again, giving the same human approach to either clients or internal, yeah. eventually, to... I call them all clients. You have yeah. your external clients <laughs> and you have your internal clients. Yeah, You're, we're serving and being served in a way, but yeah. Exactly. Many of them. So... Um, and again, in, in this sense, you know, some of our audiences here are SDRs or, you know, salespeople, they have managers like such as yourself, for example. And I would like to, to approach this angle for a bit. So, so team management, whether it's a big team like Amy's or SDRs for, for Sherry's uh, team, uh, what is one thing that helped you in team management, like um, that you wish you knew earlier on? So um, you want me to yeah, start this up? First of all, if there's any like business development or SDR people on the phone, when we get off later, Google BAFTA, B-A-F-T-A, BAFTA emails, because I had to reteach myself. Like it's, it's just like a concept of what to include in like an introductory 
outreach. Um, and I, this is like a side note. So I can't even remember the name of the company, but you know, I, since I work at Slack, we don't really use email anymore. It's antiquated. <laughs> um, it's not really effective. It's not really a great way for us to connect with people, but some awesome dude has been sending me emails with like a video of him. Like he sends me like one a week. And like last night I was like, dude, you got me. Like, I'll take, I'll talk. I can't like, all I can do is like introduce him to someone at Slack. If you guys, I don't have like buying power for the organization, but like this guy is like, he got my number. He knows what I do as a salesperson. You know what I mean? Like, I respect that. And like, so do all business people, even if you're from like a 25 person company in Israel. So that's first of all, BAFTA emails. Second of all, um, I think something really important, and maybe this is more um, relevant, I don't know, in larger organizations, but the thing is, like, we're salespeople, and I have, like, someone like Amy, like, that I align to, but then I have, like, a BDR or a biz, you know, or an SDR, and they're in, like, this line of business. And then once I sell an account, I have like a customer success manager and she reports into this organization. And then I have like an analytics guy or a sales engineer. So we're all actually part of different orgs expected yeah. to support the same client. So I tripped up on this for a couple of years because I'm driven by sales and like I have my drivers and my metrics. And I feel like I, after I finally understood that the group that is like, that I'm working together with to support one client, we all have to feel like one team, even though internally we're pretty siloed. Mm -hmm. So I start like every quarter and every year with the cross-functional team. And I make sure I understand for every person on the team that I'm on, I understand like, what are your personal goals and what are your professional goals, right? So professional goals, like I want to get a promotion this year. Awesome. Now, every time they do something for me, I can send out an email or a Slack about how awesome they are and what they've done. Personally, you want to buy a house. Awesome. Now you're more motivated to make more money. And so like, I can drive you that way. Like some people actually want to work less or leave the every day by three. Like I need to understand how everybody around me works so that I can support mm -hmm. that and get them like excited to support me so we can all win. So that's like my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, that's very helpful. And Amy, what about you? Yeah, for sure. I think I definitely agree with all of that. And I would say, um, in addition to that, like really, I think it starts with having a clear vision and goal for the team. Because, you know, when you don't have a clear vision, and you don't know what you're working towards, mm -hmm. one, there's not that passion there, right? Like, yeah, everybody should like, we should be passionate and love what we're doing. And that's the excitement. And that's why it's like, fun what we're doing if you're not passionate about what you're doing you know look for you need to find your niche niche yeah. um so I would say you know having that clear vision is so critical before, so the team all knows at least what they're working towards mm -hmm. um and that's a unified front right being able to then empower your team to meet those goals um you know I you, you want to help help them grow and and help them you know push their boundaries mm -hmm. um, and, and not micromanaging. Like micromanaging is not something that's fun for anybody. It's not fun for the manager and it's not fun yeah. for the um, for the team member. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. No. <laughs> so, so how can you empower, support, yeah. get them the right resources to be able to do it 
on their own. Um, you know, if there is a gap there, what is what is that gap and how can you as a manager help support that? Um, and I also think too, you know, coaching, coaching your team. I mean, that all comes, that all comes from this too. It's, it's, you know, when maybe you're not seeing the right answer or the right solution, how do yeah. you coach them to find that answer without giving the answer? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that, and, and finally, I think too, you know, really, really just making sure like as a team that everybody is being heard, everybody's share, sharing their thoughts mm. on different things. Cause I think it's so important to be able to see, you know, problems and solutions through different lenses versus one point of view, because that, you know, that's not how we get the best answers. Um, so I think all of those things are really important. And I think what, what you just said is so critical, especially when, you know, in, in the hybrid world today, where, you know, some days I guess you work from home or from office, obviously to, to connect them as I like what you say to me too, like the, the main goal, the main, I mean, you know, vision for everyone and, and really make sure everybody is seen. Um, it's like, eventually it all comes down to basics, right? To the basics human relationship and that's how you sell and that's how you get things going. And absolutely. it's so simple, but it's still something we need to teach people. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to know your shit too, though. And especially yeah. when it doesn't come naturally, you know? Yeah. It doesn't come naturally to, for everyone, for everyone. So, um, I, I, the next question or the next part would be more about you and about your amazing, you know, the fact that you... You, as you said before, you work hard, you play hard. But before that, um, I asked Sherry the permission to show um, Sherry in action, if you don't mind. So I want to show you, everyone. This is like Sherry <laughs> in a typical day when, you know, <laughs> if you want to share anything about it. <laughs> That's Dylan. Um, yeah, listen, it's different now, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like when I started working, I, like, yeah. I sound like so old, but when I started working, it was like, <laughs> you got to the office every day at 8.30, you had to stay till 5.30. And even like, you know, obviously COVID changed things a lot, but even like before COVID, you keep that up. It's really cute. Um, <laughs> like even, even before COVID though, like things changed, right? Like we know that we have to make, hopefully you guys all being in like these emerging tech companies and a place as progressive as Israel. Like we all know there's like an emphasis now on the whole person and your well being. And so yeah. listen, I would say like Lebron, you know, I, I guess like almost 10 years ago now, like I worked so hard. I worked so much. I was at the airport like three times, I don't know, all the time, five in the morning. I had managed a team. I was burnt out. Like I actually like, after like thinking about it for a long time, I took a year off. I traveled like, but I feel like when I came back um, with a baby, <laughs> um, you know, I was different too. Like, and the world is different now. And it's totally, it's, it's a mixture of me knowing it's okay to be like, Hey, I don't have like my nanny couldn't come today, but it's yeah. a really important day in the office. And I'm like strapping my baby on and coming in. And I know that it's like, okay, with the company. And I also know that I can do both. Like I'm totally yeah. confident in both those things. And they're not like two different things, right? Like I can't concentrate on work if, if I left my baby home alone <laughs> and I can't concentrate, you know, I don't feel like I'm taking the best care of my baby if I'm missing like a really important day at work. And so like feeling like, you know, Amy was talking about like the kind of place she's trying to 
to make, like, you know, hopefully we all have leaders that are making this environment for us where like our whole self comes. And like, for me, one of the beautiful things about sales before this new world and the whole world now is that like, I can do my job from 10 to noon and then from three to five and then at 8 p.m. And I can be like productive and successful as it fits into my life and not try to fit my life around the rest of it which is just making me way better and happier than I was in my twenties and thirties when I was like, just strung out from every angle. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I couldn't do anything, you know, like, so now I feel like I still struggle with feeling guilty about stuff, but I think people who are hopefully are starting to work now are like, Oh, I can go to the post office and I'm not like a bad employee. It's totally, it's like a different environment now and, and work is different. Yeah. It's, well, it's better because half of the population is women and we used to lose half of the women. Like yeah. once anybody wanted to like have children or like do anything else, they had to leave the workforce. And so now yeah. we don't have to. And like, you know, like it's cute having your baby at work, but it doesn't like slow you down. So yeah, like, never. So, so, you know, you, again, you mentioned before that you, you, you are like a group of friends, but both of you specifically as good friends, you, you work hard, you develop your career, but you also play hard and, you know, you also need to address sometimes life challenges. And and as the golden question, as I ask it about the, the um, balance between life and work and some, again, unexpected things. So Amy, I would like to get, get your story and, and take on that, please. Absolutely. First, I was going to say we're both extremists. We're, <laughs> we work extremely hard and then we party really hard. <laughs> we make sure we have fun both ways. Um, but it's interesting, right? The people usually that work the hardest like are the funnest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, it's funny, like thinking about work-life balance, it's always like a term, right? That we've been using for a long time and, and thinking through, and it's, it's definitely become more and more um, prominent, like brought to the forefront um, when thinking about these things. And, you know, I look back at my whole career and honestly, I can just say, I think it was within the last two and a half years mm-hmm. that I actually figured this out. <laughs> um, you know, I, I used to say that pivotal point in my life was when I had my first child. Like I went from, you know, hanging out and this is when I was back at Disney, but like, you know, hanging out, talking to people all day, but then I'd be at the office till like seven or eight because I needed time to also get my work done. Um, and I had no, you know, I wasn't going home to anybody. So once I had my son, it was, I said that was a pivotal point because I made sure I like maximized my time in the office. I didn't chit chat as much. And I got home to make sure I was there for my son before he went to bed. Um, So I used to think that was my pivotal point in figuring out work-life balance. But like I said, it was actually the last two and a half years. Um, In back in the summer of 2019, I found out I was pregnant with our third child. um, And then about a month later, found out um, I had a diagnosis for breast cancer. So this was obviously a lot of things coming together and it was, it was very difficult to deal with. I had a whole treatment plan that I had to go through, um, with chemo and whatnot. And also think about this, you know, um, having a baby (laughs) at the same time and COVID. Yes. And I had COVID, um, way in the beginning of, um, 
Mm -hmm. My baby was born, our daughter, and she's very healthy and beautiful and everything worked out good. Um, She she was born the beginning of April. And I, yes, that was right when COVID shut down the world. And I tested positive at the hotel, at the hospital before giving birth. So it was a lot. And I ended up during this period, what I'm trying to say is like, I, I did realize I had to take off from work. And this was as the type of person, like an A-type person who's always worked, who's always hustled, like this is part of your DNA. And I, that was the hardest thing for me was to understand how to step back from working, 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 not feeling guilty because mm-hmm. that guilt was always there when you're focusing on one thing or the other and how to just focus on yourself. So I think over the last two and a half years, like I've really learned how, to, how important that self-care is for you mm-hmm. to, to do the best for you, to bring the best of you to the world, right? Like when you're trying to do too many things, you're not the best you. And I've really started focusing on, you know, not so much as multitasking. Mm-hmm. It's not multitasking. It's multi, like, I don't even know Planet. the word. I think we, like buckets of time. Yeah, for buckets each thing. of time. Like, okay. I know in the morning from this time to this time, it's all about, you know, getting my kids ready, school, et cetera. I'm not looking at emails or anything. Maybe I looked at them when I first got up to make sure nothing's, you know, going on that's crazy, but that is my block that that's what I'm doing. Then I come home um, and I know from this time to this time I have meetings and I'm working and that's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to do anything else. And I'm really focusing on that. And then when my kids come home, you know, we have dinner and that's family time. So I really focus on that. And for me, that's worked. I think personally, you know, I'm sure we have research that we can like look at whatnot, but like for me personally, I feel that the old behavior of multitasking, Mm -hmm. it it was always like a a good thing to do. And like, if you multitask, this is like good. But for me, like really just focusing on those key moments and including yourself in those moments too. Like when do you get, when do you get to 100% focus on yourself and take that time for yourself? Um, And it really just like, like I said, just really brings the best of you back to whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about bringing the best of you and and thankfully you're, you're okay. You're back. Everything is cancer free for over two years now. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Yes, thank you. And I want to thank you for sharing this. Obviously, yeah, yeah, it's a part of your life. It's part of your journey. It's a part of, you know, everything that you do. And you also uh, communicate that on um, an Instagram that I've yes. actually been following you a few months ago before I even knew you, who you are and on YouTube. So I'm going yes. to share now um, the links for, for those who actually want to follow. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to do that. Amy's yes. And I can just yeah. say it um, to voice over it. So the website is... Yeah www.amysbeautifulstruggle.com and the Instagram (laughs) handle as well as um, the YouTube page are both Amy's Beautiful Struggle. Yeah, so follow her. And um, um, yeah, so we're going to address more questions soon. Um, Guys, so if you wanna, we have a few questions lining up and the Q&A. Um, and before that, <laughs> yeah, before that, uh, just to, um, 
I want to I want to play a, a short game with you because I know okay. you 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 love to have fun and you love you know the, the good vibe. So I'm going to share a few words and I want you to please like a few concepts and I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when you okay hear this concept. We're and ready. you guys, do, I mean attendees, please write your questions. We're going to address them in a second. So okay. are you ready? Are we are you ready? Visual? No, she's going to say. I don't a know. Word. I'm going to say, no, no, I'm going to say a word. Okay. At the same time, I'm sorry. Yes. No, no. I'm, I'm going to say a word, and you're going to tell me what comes to your mind. Like at the same time. Okay. 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 Right. So, first sentence or a few words would be traveling for work. Fun. 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 <laughs> oh, good. Personal brand. Uh, hustle. <laughs> hustle. <laughs> hustle. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have a call with him next week because he just like really wanted to talk to me and like he wore me down. And I, you know, like sometimes I've, you know, like I've, I've seen people like I've just connected, um, someone I work with just sent out like to the CMO of a huge company, like, Hey, I like quote someone back to themselves, like read an article that they wrote. All you have to do is Google someone, look for like this person's quote in the last year and then Google, you know, send them an email, call them LinkedIn. Hey, I was really, you know, I was really touched or provoked by this comment that you made, because this is a problem that we solve for. Do you have 10 minutes? And then follow it up just with a calendar invite. People accept those all the time. They don't even know what's going on. Like you just, there's like a million different ways, but you really like, that's one where like, there's just not like a shortcut to putting your head down, understanding their business and understanding them and just like pounding them kind of. Yeah, I think definitely um, agree with those points as well. I think I think though, when it's like a cold call or a cold email, you really want to highlight. And the first thing you want to get out is what is the value that you're bringing that person, yeah. right? I, I think even like starting with the, like, you know, some of the other stuff, like headline, like I can, I can save you X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay attention yeah. or, you know, it, you know, I think it's all about like understanding the business, understanding that person and thinking through like, why should why should they care and telling them like, this is why you should care about this because I see you have these issues and this is how we can solve, right? So really thinking about the customer, taking the time, personalizing it. And I think too, you know, um, I think it was brought up like, you know, do you answer all your LinkedIn note, you know, messages or do I look at all my emails? I don't, it's almost impossible. And, but what I will say is when somebody has sent me a LinkedIn message that, or an email that brings value to me when I need it, I will remember that email and then I'll search for it and go back to it. So it's not that, you know, maybe I didn't get back right away, but like, oh, I'm having this problem, but I remember this person had this service. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to reach out to them. So again, I think having that value in there and, and why should that person care is Mm-hmm. is really that, um, you know, most important piece. And one more like tactical thing that I've just seen yeah. work, which I just learned like this year is mm-hmm. like if in the subject line, you put like, can I put it in the chat here? Like I'll do it to like yeah. me and Lerone. Like if the mm-hmm. subject line, like if I were to sell, send Lerone an email and this was the subject line, mm-hmm. you'll be like, what? what? Hmm. It's personal, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like I've seen that work a bunch. So that's actually interesting because I, you know, this is like more of what's happening, let's say in in the US market for us Israelis. I mean, to kind of know there's little sticks, let's call him, let's call it that, that would be great. Like how to write this, you know, this topic. And and Amy, I like what you said about kind of a, a guiding question to always think, why should they care? This should be definitely a question that you should ask yourself before sending an email. And exactly. there, is, there is another question. I think we kind of answered it. You kind of answered it, but I'll just um, address that. Look, Lira, I'm sorry. That's a good nuance yeah. though also. And especially, you know, yeah. like English isn't your first language yeah. and you're sending a note. Like any note that starts with like, I want to set up a meeting. 
I, if I want to meet, I, it would, it would be great if we would spend time together, like great for who, like not great. You know, like if I want to meet with Amy, I'm not going to say, Amy, I think it would really be great if you let me tell you all about Slack. What I would say is Amy, I understand like in your role for the past 12 months, overseeing, you know, overseeing a group of 13 people, but being the liaison between 24 other groups, you don't all have one streamlined communication and seven other companies in your field that you Slack saw like a 25% increase. She's selling me. (laughs) She can't stop. Yeah, no, that makes Are you buying? Is there a deal? YouTube and Slack. Can we get some message out of this event? Yeah, so you're saying, Sherry, what's in it for them? What's in it for the other two? So what? Who cares? Yeah. Yep. Now we're about to reach the top of the hour, so just a few more points. So Nirit actually said, um, what would be kind of a first step? And I think you kind of you kind of gave a lot of good um, examples about some first steps and some cold calling. And I would like to ask what Karen said about the kind of the, the American culture in terms of cold calling. So is it okay to call call people? Like, would you happens all the time. Listen, like, would you feel comfortable about it? Is no, that- nobody's comfortable doing it. And that's why the few people who do it get better results. Okay. Like nobody's comfortable picking up the phone and calling an executive. And it's happened to me and it's happened to everyone that I yeah. picked up the phone and called an executive and he answered. And I was like, <laughs> right. Like, what do I do now? Yeah. So like, but listen, I think like some of the thing and for especially like business development and for sales is the reason we do this is like, you got to get like, it's like 50 no's before you hear a yes. The rejection is not personal. So if I write someone an email or, and and I see a response or I see a, like, I will text someone, like they put their information out there. Like, you know, even I don't know. So I just think like most people, it's so easy to hide behind like email and hide behind your computer, like pick up your phone. It's your cell phone. Like I, you know, I recently just had a guy who refused to like answer, like, I I don't know, like he doesn't want to talk to me. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? I just like texted him and I was like, are you really never going to talk to me? And he wrote back fine. (laughs) So like, I don't know, like, you know, put yourself out there. But I think if anything, that's the awesome thing about Israeli culture, right? Like you guys, you have the, um, the chutzpah, the Ladies, so uh, let's talk a bit about fun before we wrap up this event. So what's the next uh, or the most recommended fun thing you can recommend us here to do well we work hard and how, how can we play hard <laughs> listen i'm going to costa rica in two weeks i was just gonna say travel 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 have fun see I, new places explore i really <laughs> regret like there's I, I regret like all of those years that i didn't understand especially if you're in like a sales role like you hit your yeah. number and you make it doesn't matter. Like I was like nervous to take days off, nervous yeah. to leave early. Like it didn't get me anywhere, you know, like you hit your number because you do the right thing. So I just think like if, if your yourself. gut's telling you stuff, if there's things you want to do, like just do them. You're more successful when you're happy. That's right. Have a good time. Wow. Not that serious. <laughs> so man, much amazing you know, insights and, 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 you know, realizations that you just shared with us. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Again, for me, it's been a great honor to interview amazing women as yourself from, first of all, personally, and of course, professionally. Amy, I want to thank you so much for, again, for, for sharing your 
insane story and all the health and all the best. And I really encourage um, our um, attendees here to, to visit your social media and, and again, and, and learn more, get more of you and from you. Um, yeah, follow. thanks for being interested in our uh, perspective here, guys. Yes. And thank you, Larone, for asking us um, to be here and inviting us. It's, um, it's definitely a, a great honor. Thank you. Same here. And I just added Sherry's information as well. Thank you. As we say, wishing you a wonderful rest of the day and happy Women's Month. Laila Tov. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.